Elvis lives and he works at a restaurant called Chow. We take a trip down memory lane and through history with Azzy and Crowley. And this episode, we meet the second of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We're talking Good Omens, episode three, right here at AfterBuzz TV. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, AfterBuzzers! Yes! Hey, y'all! How's it going? What you doing? So glad that you're here with us. We are talking episode three of season one of Good Omens, entitled... What's it entitled? <laughs> Hard Times. Hard Times. Ironically, this happened eight, like seconds before we went on, and I can't remember the name. I can't keep that name in my head. Hard Times. We're talking about Hard Times because in this episode, we get to go through the entire history of the world with Crowley and Azzy. We get to talk about uh, when Anathema and Adam meet each other. We find out that Shadwell uh, has been Crowley's homie, and they have been working together for years, and Newt notices some really interesting weather phenomenon that we're going to get into and talk about it all right here. But before we do that, let me introduce myself. I'm Nikki Bailey, and I'm here with the very awesome Cherry Davis. Hey, Good Omens fans. Hi, everybody. We have so much to talk about. How much are you loving the show, Cherry? I am loving it so much. I feel like I should do a few Holy Marys because it's a sin to love something this much. Oh, my gosh. Wow. She's doing it with the blasphemy. You're, like, loving the show more than you love (laughs) even anything else. (gasps) She's going to hell, which is fine because that's where she wants to be because that's where Crowley is from. So... I'll be going to the in-between place. The in-between place. Okay, I like that. I like it. So let's start with, like, overall general impressions of this episode, Jerry. I really loved getting to know everyone a lot better. And their relationship over the eons was just, like, couple goals or friend goals. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, we should all have a best friend for when the apocalypse is happening. True, true. Gives a whole new meaning to BFFs, right? (laughs) Like, they... They have been best friends, or at least they've known each other since the beginning of time. I know. Or at least the beginning of the Earth's time. So we got to go back in history. We started with Crowley, uh, with Azzy, because you guys know I'm not saying his whole name because I can't. <laughs> um, but we start with Azzy at, back at the Garden of Eden, Eden, sort of like, you know, bricking it back up after Adam and Eve have left. And God is like, dude, um, didn't I give you a flaming sword? Oops. I think he lost it. He lost it. He gave it to Adam and Eve when they went out into, you know, the world. It's a tough world out there. They needed something. So tough. I mean, they are barely dressed. They weren't. I mean, they just had to leave. They weren't ready. They weren't ready. (laughs) So, okay, so we got to go through history and see them at key points in history. And when we first started the episode... I was like, I'm not going to need to keep track of where they are in history. It's fine. I'll remember it. It's a lot of history between them. It's so much history. (laughs) I mean, God smiting. I mean, two of everything? I mean, that seems a little unfair. And that boat was really small. What about everybody else? What about everybody else? And I love that, you know, even Azzy in that moment when when they're watching Noah loading up the ark, Azzy's like, you know what? God's a bit touchy right now. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I love Crowley's like Crowley's like it seems a bit of an overreaction to me 
I find their characters fascinating because neither one is truly all white right. and neither one is all black. And I love how Crowley is sort of looking like, that don't seem right to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a devil, but it seems wrong. Right. And our favorite angel is like, well, God said we're supposed to do this. But he's but like, you're hey, right. It's a little problematic. Very problematic. You know. What what was your, when we were going through their whole history, what was your favorite historical stop? Viva French Revolution! Oh, the French Revolution! I mean, who wouldn't go to Paris for pastries? They make the best! <laughs> I was chatting with somebody in our group, and of course, they said that... Egg... No, wait. Gigi Connolly, welcome to the chat. Hey, Gigi! Said, I loved it. I'm so glad that they added that in so you really got to understand why they are the way they are with each other. Yeah, yeah. I loved being able to see the whole history, too, because not only do we see, you know, that they've had a hand in, like, everything that's ever happened. Everything. But also, we get to see how this friendship develops. We get to see maybe as feelings for each other grow and what that means for their relationship. My favorite... Uh, you know, time period that they stopped in was when they stopped to talk to Shakespeare um, the, at the Global Theater in 1601. I loved that uh, that Azzy had some like audience participation while watching Hamlet, and I particularly loved that the actor playing Hamlet thought that the play was rubbish. I just think that's <laughs> amazing. And and it's not my favorite Shakespeare. Play. No, it's not. It's not. What's your favorite Shakespeare play? Romeo, dear Romeo. Yeah, that's mine too. I I loved also that obviously it seems that Crowley then is responsible for Shakespeare becoming huge, for successful. Yeah, you I mean appreciate. everyone's main punishment was to see Hamlet, so it's sort of like hell on earth. <laughs> and it kind of lends itself to the whole thing Crowley ta- Crowley talking before about how uh, everybody in hell, like all the best artists, are in hell. So. It's a party in hell. It makes you wonder, like, is is Shakespeare actually down there because of this favor? (laughs) I have to say my other favorite moment was when Crowley went into the church. (laughs) That was when you knew he was down for his angel, was willing to get them burn on, and was like... You know, I'm kind of like team Nazis, but uh-uh, don't mess with my boy. Right. Like, they, they, because they came up with this, this idea, right? So, so the arrangement, they call it, where, where Crowley proposes at the Shakespeare moment, Crowley says, look, why do we both have to go to Edinburgh? Why do we both have to go out and do things? You know how to work miracles, and I know how to create temptation. We can both do all of it. So, like, why do we both have to go? And so they start, like, passing off between them assignments so that they don't both have to show up together. And they're working on, they're working together throughout history to the point where Azzy has gotten himself in trouble. He thinks that he is about to like, catch all the Nazis and stop them from doing what the Nazis did. And then he gets double-crossed, He gets double crossed, which was hilarious and oh, wonderful. Man. He's so innocent. He's so innocent. Like, he so can't sweet. handle... Like, it's so funny. So, and they wanted... What I always thought was awesome is that the Nazis said that Hitler was really interested in the Agnes Nutter book. 
Hitler in real life was interesting. He was. And using spells and whatnot. But the fact that everybody knows about the book and they can't find the book. Right. And there's only one copy with the family living large in Malibu. Yeah. Is really funny. And the fact that the angel was like, nah, even if I had it, y'all can't have that. And yeah. also, I also loved that the, that he found a reference to it in a card catalog in a library uh, and it included a prophecy, which was uh, for 1972, don't buy Betamax. <laughs> don't buy Betamax. Don't buy Betamax. But the video was better than everything else. <laughs> now, I have to say, Renji90998 popped off and said, lots of artists probably sold their soul to be famous. You hear about it in blue songs. Shout out, Renji. Yes, yes, you are yes. right. So funny, so true. So true. And Makes that's sense. why that's why all the great <laughs> artists are in hell. Selling their souls. Jeez. They really do. So then we get to fast forward through Oh wait, we did we talked about we did talk about Curly and the hot the hot floor with the Nazis. That tickled very me to sweet. no end. That was and really cute. It was such a history and you know what? If you love history and more importantly if you love TV, we have to thank you for watching us here on After Buzz TV. We love all of you, and we love sharing our passion for TV, reality, drama, sci-fi, red carpet, geekdom, everything. Now, I know you're here watching us on the sci-fi, so I know you probably should be watching iZombie and Swamp Thing and One Punch Man, but don't let that put you in one channel, because we also cover The Good Girls, The Shy, Southern Charm, American Princess, and of course, what? Bachelorette! We have everything for everybody, so make sure you subscribe not only to our channel to hear about new shows, but also the other channels to see new and old favorites that are returning for the first, second, third, tenth season. I've been on AfterBuzz TV for about two years, and I, I really love it. I've made so many new friends. I've been very lucky to get guidance from our founders. And more importantly, I've been able to share my passion with all of you. So please give us a thumbs up, subscribe so you get reminders of when the next episode will be airing. And of course, listen to us on Apple. We love when you guys give us five stars, thumbs up, leave comments. We read them, we respond, and we are enjoying and loving talking not only Good Omens, but all the other shows. Absolutely. Cherry, that was so heartwarming. My little Grinch heart grows big every time I'm here on AfterBuzz TV. I know, me too. It's just so fun, and I love talking TV. Me too. I love talking my geekdom. Me too. It's like the greatest gig ever. We get to watch TV and talk about it. Yay! And we get to learn about new shows that we may not watch. Exactly. So it's awesome. So, okay. So now we're, we've said our thank yous and our I love yous. Thank we're going to get back to the good stuff, guys. So we're still in the church in Nazi, in, you know, in the Nazi era. And, uh, I, and I think that this, for me, at the, after the bomb falls on the building and, and as he is so upset because he thinks his books have gotten, gotten, you know, destroyed and Crowley hands him a case with the books in it. That, to me, was the moment that, that Azzy fell in love with Crowley. Oh, my. Who does it when you save the books? Like Billy Jean Girl 24 says in the chat, Azarafel was giving Crowley a look when he saved the books for him. Mm-hmm. And it was like his heart just went in his eyes. It was ba-boom, 
boom, 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 right? boom. It made him look at him in a new eye, it a really new did. way. And I really think that before it was more like a friendship. And all of a sudden he realized he gets me. He understands what's really important yeah. to me. I mean, he, God's important to him. Of course, he's an angel. But he loves books, but he which loves is why he's books. a bookstore. And, like, and it was like, it was this heartwarming, touching moment where as he was like, this this demon cares enough about what I care about to save the books. And that, to me, was the beginning of a bromance, a shipping. A ship, I'm so, so I'm shipping. shipping it. So I can't shipping. figure out what our shipment, shipping name should be. Should it be Crawlaz? <laughs> um, Arely? It's a tough one. Both those names do not roll off the tongue. They're, I'm so they're sorry. not. I think we need to keep working on that, guys. If you have suggestions about our shipping name for um, for Azzy and Crowley, let us know in the chat and in the comments. We want to hear, like you know, like sort of like Brangelina. You know, like what is what is the name that we should give the two of them? So it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Let us know. We will check and we'll talk about it next week. So. Or next week, the next time we do this, which will be Wednesday <laughs> evening at 7. So, I think. So, then we fast forward to 1967 Soho, where Crowley is trying to put together a heist to steal something from a church. I really thought it was going to be like a cross or something. Me too. I was flabbergasted that he wanted holy water. And then when he said why he wanted the holy water, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, because 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 as he says to him, like if you if I he he asked uh, as he uh, Crowley asked as for some holy water as like insurance. And I didn't know what that meant at first. Then we find out that the holy water will completely obliterate Crowley's entire existence. And he wants the holy water so that if stuff goes down and he ends up getting in trouble for what they've been doing, he wants to save himself from an eternity of torture by taking the 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 uh, holy water and to avoid the whole heist and return a favor. Azzy brings him a thermos full of holy water. What love is, or as I like to say, love wins Always. when it's our boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Gigi Connolly chimed in and said, ineffable husbands is what people have been calling them. Oh, I like that. That's kind of cute. Ineffable husbands. It's I cute. like that. I like it. But Because it's undefinable. Right. Yes. That works. Perfect. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense that he'd want to be disintegrated out of existence because he's been on Earth for a long time. There's no way he wants to go back to hell. Right. It's gray. It's gray. I have a suspicion it smells funky down Mm -hmm. there. And I'm not sure what they eat, but I'm sure it's not tea and crumpets. Exactly. With a spot of cream. (laughs) And both Angel and Demon are very clear about how much they enjoy their time on Earth. So I get it, you know. Crowley doesn't want to end up having to go back down below. Constant torture. You know? He's not a favorite one down there. So let me ask you, what did you think after Azzy gave Crowley the, the thermos mm-hmm. and, and, and Azzy is like, you know, maybe, maybe we're becoming friends now. Maybe we can go for a picnic or maybe have dinner <laughs> at the Ritz. And, and, and Crowley is like, yeah, like we could go for like a drive and we could like go off together and spend the, the, the eternity together. 
What did you think? And then, and then, as he says, "You go too fast for me, Crowley." What do you think he meant by that? He's been picking up on those vibes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been picking up on those vibes. Mm-hmm. You've been picking up on those vibes. Yes. Everybody in the chat's been picking up on picking those it vibes. Up, definitely. I mean, who wouldn't want to have such a perfect couple when you guys get along so well and you're different enough where it will always be interesting right. and fun? They got the yin and the yang going on. I'm yin and I'm yang with them. Um, <laughs> he was thinking, I'm on the path, but we need to take it a little bit slow, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I personally believe not only in hell, but in heaven. They're kind of, you know, fluid about that sort of thing. True, I'm sure. I think they're pretty cool with it because, you know, you've been around for a long time. Stuff gets boring. Yeah, gender and orientation, those are human constructs. Yeah. What do supernatural beings have need of these things? They do not have any such need. Yeah. So who's to say? You know what I mean? Infernal, uh, ineffable husbands just need to happen. And that's that's just, that's that's good loving right there. Yes. Good and they don't even have to fight about a last name. Because I don't think they have last names. They don't have last names. That's fine. But I do find their architectural designs very different. It would be hard to match. Oh, between the heaven and the hell yes, people? It's true. Because Crowley is very modern, very clean, probably cleans up after himself. Expects total perfection. Mm-hmm. And our boy Azrafel is kind of a slob. <laughs> And, you know, he likes to hold on to things. Like, he keeps the same jacket for a hundred years. He's still wearing a vest from, like, a century (laughs) ago that has, like... Did you notice... And this wasn't in this episode. It was the episode before. Did you notice that as... As as he is adjusting his vest and he's pulling it down, you can see that the places where he's been pulling on it has have worn away. <laughs> like he's had the vest that long, like potentially for centuries. So you have to. So they're, you're right. They're going to have a hard time finding a good yeah. house. Yeah, but they would be able to compromise because love wins. Oh, always love wins. Happy Pride, everybody. Love. Happy Pride. Um, <laughs> so Crowley. Trying to, like, you know, he's trying to talk through. So finally we're back in modern times, and we see Crowley in his bookshop kind of trying to talk through what he's going to say to Gabriel about what's happening right now, which was great because it was a nice little recap for us <laughs> because we had spent the first part of the episode going through history. Now we're, ca- we're caught up. It is now the day, uh, or, or a couple of days, or a day or so before Armageddon is supposed to happen, and... Crowley has to check in with Heaven, and he's trying to figure out what to do next. So we then see that Adam comes across Anathema. She's breaking pots in her front yard. She's upset because she lost the book. I'd be upset, too. Yeah. Like, it's her family heirloom. I'd be very upset. Yeah. I can't imagine her mom being cool with that. Nobody would be. I mean, it's been passed down for generations through this amazing family, and so, what did you think of the moment where Dog refused to go into the house? What What did you think of that moment? What What, what went through your mind? Well, he can't go through because of the horseshoe. Mm-hmm. But then again, he loves his boy. Like, every boy loves his dog, and every girl loves her dog. Every child should have a dog. And when the boy, when Adam called him in, called him in he was like, no, I can't. And then Adam was like, no, if you want to stay with me and stay in my house, my parents said you have to come in. And the dog was like, I can't leave my boy. Yeah. <laughs> He's becoming gooder because Adam isn't 
bad. bad. He's chaotic right. a little bit and a little willful, but he has a inner kernel of goodness and decency from his parents. Right. He learned he learned how to be a good person. It's that whole nature versus nurture thing again that we talked about before. So Dog actually does go into the house and we see that the horseshoe lights up and 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 God, the voice of God says that uh, heaven, that hell became slightly less evil in that moment because Dog went in to the house. So, Anathema gives Adam basically a tutorial in the world of the occult. So, Adam comes in, she has a cut, she gives him a, a glass of lemonade. They do a whole chit chat about like what's happening in the world. And in this series of great cuts, because I really loved, I loved the way they did that so that we didn't have to sit through Anathema, like, explaining to Adam all the terrible things that are happening in the world. We got little glimpses, and, but, but Anathema has a real impact on Adam. And she says that she can see auras, but she can't, for some reason, see his. And I think this spell, or his demon abilities, kind of like, is almost like a... A curtain, mm-hmm. and so she thinks about it, and then there's something in the in his ability that makes you kind of forget yeah, about it. Yeah. It's like you can't really see see him, but you see him, but you can't really see see him because her not being able to see his aura is kind of like a big deal. Yeah, um, she's like that cool college or high school teacher that blows your little mind, right? And she's blown his little mind. She's an American. She's from like a big city. She's, she's beautiful. Cool. She's yeah. beautiful. She's like his little friends, but an adult. As in, she doesn't conform to most adults. She's opinionated because he has a little, his little female friend who's opinionated, mm-hmm. who's strong, and that obviously he respects a strong, opinionated yeah, woman, yeah. which is why he likes her so much. And, and she speaks to him with res- like, like as though he were the adult he thinks he is, which like I like. Like a mini adult, which I like. Yeah. So one of the things I thought was interesting is they talked about after that scene, they talked about the reason that she couldn't see his aura is that his aura... It, it, they said it's for the same reason that people in the t- in Times Square can't see the United States because <laughs> because his aura is actually much larger than just around his body. So most of us, you know, your aura is just around you here, but Adam's aura is the size of England, basically. And so that was really interesting to me, and that she couldn't see. And you're right because they do talk about the fact that like that the, her signals get messed up when she gets closer to him. So. Now, we also saw that Crowley met a Shadwell, an early Shadwell, a Lieutenant Shadwell, during the whole church years, but that was the beginning of his relationship with the Witchfinder army. Mm-hmm. He then hires them just to sort of help, you know, help <laughs> with little human deeds that need to be happening. And so fast forward to Newt looking through the ledgers of the Witchfinder army, um, Witchfinder army and discovering that like most of the people who are employed by the Witchfinder army are kitchen utensils. <laughs> He's kind of a scammy guy. Right? <laughs> you know, like Major Spoon and Sergeant, you know, Butter Knife. Right? <laughs> and when they die, he asks for extra money. You know, Shame. the thing is, I don't even think he had to ask for extra money. I think that when um, when he died, <laughs> When Major Milk Bottle died, and he let he let Azzy know, Azzy, as an angel, was like, well, obviously you send flowers 
and you know a little something for a burial to help with the help the family. That's what you do when That's people what die. You do. Right? Yes, you send some food, drop a little money in the bucket to right. pay for the funeral. And never mind that that this person never existed. But but you have to admire Shadwell's you know entrepreneurial spirit. He needs to keep a roof over his head. You know, being a witch hunter is not. It's not a big salary. And he's getting paid by both sides, by by the angels and the demons. Gotta respect Respect. That. Respect the so game. So much respect. Respect the game. Now, am I only a person that noticed when you saw Newton's tie? I Are did there not any see. other what was, Doctor what Who fans? <gasps> no, what was on his Newton's tie? If you look tie? at the tie, it's an homage of Doctor Who, number four, Tom Baker, who's, of course, my favorite doctor. Aww. Much respect, Neil. Much respect. Nice. Interlocking fandom. I love that. Well, there's going to be some interlocking fandom because David Tennant, who, by the yes. way, can we just talk a little bit about how he was looking in this episode? So stylish. OMG. In every era of history, I was like, yes, give it to me. Gotta wear black. I would raid his closet so hard. So hard. So hard. And, I don't know, you guys, let me know if you guys are, are, are if you have seen this at all. I feel like... David Tennant is kind of channeling um, from Love Actually, um, Billy Nye. Do you remember um, Billy Ooh, Billy Nye and Billy Mack from as Billy Mack in Love Actually? I feel like David Tennant's performance is very similar to that. Very kind of like you know, like very suave and debonair and sexy and slinky though, because he's also a serpent. So I don't know. <laughs> Think about it. Watch Love Actually sometime between now and Wednesday, and let us know if you can see the similarities because that, to me, is making it even funnier. His whole performance even better. So much better. So much better. I was thinking he was um, channeling um, Johnny Cash. Oh yes, there's definitely some Johnny Cash in that in his performance. I love that. Yes. What do you guys think? What are you seeing in these performances? Let us know in the comments. So Azzy uh, uh, has to explain to Gabriel when he goes up to heaven that the Antichrist that they think they have is not actually the Antichrist. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And he wants to see if there's a way that he could officially avoid war. You know, he's like, let me let me ask Gabriel and the rest of the angels. Maybe there's a way we can officially win, you know, like not have to go through this. I loved that uh, San, uh, Sandophon, the angel Sandophon, has uh, gold teeth. <laughs> I loved that John Hamm as Gabriel had a violet eye and a black eye. And I didn't catch the name of the the black angel with the gold makeup that I am so going to be wearing the next time you see me. Oh, that was because cute. I could totally pull that off. Thank you. So I did write in my notes, angels have gold teeth. I wrote that in my notes, no lie. Angels are awesome. So Azzy calls Shadwell in the current times and says, hey, I need you to send somebody. They meet for, for coffee and he says, I need you to send somebody out to Tadfield. There's something going on. I don't know what it is. Uh, or no, he he calls him and says that, and then uh, and then you know so now we're seeing that all roads are leading back to Tadfield. Even Newt, Newt Pulsifer, in all of his research, realizes that there are all these like 
perfect weather days in in this region of England. There's signs. It's the perfect weather for every day for every time of the year. Right. They always get um, snow on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Which would be awesome. It's always neither too hot nor too cold. Mm -hmm. The right amount of rain. It's so picturesque. Which is wonderful, except not normal. (laughs) And so... Newt says to Shadwell, this is one of the the weird phenomenon, because, you know, Shadwell's got him on this whole searching newspapers looking for, looking for, like, the actual, like, witchy content. And so Shadwell's like, look, I don't care about the weather. Just look for witchy phenomenomala, which is, he says it sort of like that, some really long way. And he convinces, he convinces Shadwell, he says, look, like, this is weird, this whole thing happening, and it's happening in this one region, and Shadwell's like, wait, is the region Tadfield? Hmm. Because now, we've got everybody pointing in that direction. Like sniffing dogs. Sniffing out On dogs. a scent. Yeah. Because yeah. both Azrael... And Crowley are both directing them, mm-hmm. but they're still not 100% exactly where they are. Right. And then when you think about My Little Witch Hunter, it seems like he, as a computer person, you read signs, you build codes, you sort of look around and figure out what isn't working so mm-hmm. you can fix it. And I think for something to be perfect, that just doesn't compute for someone that's right. like a computer person. Well, Newt is a bad computer person because remember, every time he touches a computer, something blows he's up. He's not a bad person. There's something in his body chemistry. And that's making that him unable to. But he's he knows how to but do stuff. He knows how to do stuff. It just breaks. But he also has like a natural, like he's naturally good at finding weird phenomenon as he's doing this search because it's in the blood. It's in the blood. You know? He comes from a long line of witch finders and (laughs) knows the job. He, you know, learns it very quickly. So, then another big awesome thing happens, and we get to meet Dr. Raven Sable. So awesome. So awesome. Dr. Raven Sable, who is the second of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So evil. Messing with food. And so, he is creating a food that is not food. So that the idea is that you would eat regularly, but not get any nutrients, so you'd still be starving. So diabolical. So diabolical. So evil. Ah! you got to love it. Famine. And I bet you'd keep gaining weight, too. Oh! There actually is. Well, I don't know. If, I hope they talk about it in in one of the episodes. But in the book, they talk about they they invent. He invents a food that's very high in calorie, but has zero nutrients, <laughs> and so people gain a ton of weight, but still die of starvation. That's hell on earth to me. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it probably doesn't taste good. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. damn you, famine. Hey. I've heard some really interesting things going on around the show. I think you should tell us about some of the things that you've heard. Well, A, for our special news, I saw a contest on Amazon Prime, Good Omens on Twitter. Mr. Neil himself is signing some books and giving them away. Neil Gaiman is giving away books? That he has signed. (gasps) And you can enter through Twitter. I retweeted it on my Twitter account so you can get the directions. It ends, I believe, on the 12th. But don't don't judge me if I'm wrong. 
Look at my Twitter account to confirm. I'll retweet it again later on when we're done. But I know I entered, and I am a bad, bad, bad angel because if I win one, I will not give it away. I will keep it for myself. But I will bring it on the show and show and us. show everyone, and then say, "Mine, my pretty, my pretty, precious." There's precious. that. There's that devil side coming up again, Cherry. You're Team Crowley. I know. Well, if I win Neil's book. I'm keeping it too. I'm sorry. I just it's it's a book signed by Neil Gaiman. Come on, like we're selfish. He's awesome. So he's like selfish. one of my favorites, and I'm gonna give away a book that he signs. I don't think Forget so. Forget about it. So anyway, sign up for the contest. If you win, please let us know because we want to celebrate you. Yes. If you do win, we want to be a part of the celebration and maybe touch the book or smell it. Or if you want to give it to one or of us. Or give it to us. We would totally take it and love you forever. We totally Heart, would. Kisses. We would be BFFs like like Azzy and Crowley. Forever. 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 Oh my God. Let's get into a little bit of our special segment. So one of the things that we decided that we were going to do with this show is we were going to talk about angels, demons, and definitions. Because we're learning so much in the show about, you know, how Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman think the universe works. <laughs> but there's also a lot of people who have their views about how the universe works. They're, they have a lot of people and they created religions. And the religions have all kinds of stuff in them. And so we're going to talk today about the angel... Israfil. Israfil is um, is the alternate sort of like the 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 coinciding with Raphael with the angel Raphael. He is known. He's supposed to be the one who blows the trumpet to signal the Armag to signal Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. So last week we talked about Gabriel, who is the voice of God and comes to deliver God's messages. But um, but Israfil in in the Muslim tradition is the angel who blows the horn, blows the trumpet before Armageddon. And he, in the, in the, the Islamic system, is one of four archangels. The other ones are Mikhail, Jibrail, and Azrael. And it's believed that he will blow the trumpet from a holy rock in Jerusalem to announce the day of resurrection. And he's commonly known as the, the counterpart to the angel Raphael. So I think... We should be all on the listen for some trumpets blowing. I'm shocked to realize that I really didn't realize angels were in other religions. So, mind blown. Yeah. Thank you, Good Omens, for a little bit of education. Exactly. I didn't, I have not, you know, I've studied Christianity quite extensively, but had never known that, that Islam has, has their own angels and that there's so much crossover because Islam, Judaism, and Christianity are all the Abrahamic religions. We call the people of the book all three religions. And so there's, there's all this common ground in like the theolo- theology and terminology that we use. So who knew? Who knew? And it's interesting, his robes were very ornate mm-hmm. and very pretty. Mm-hmm. I would totally wear that as a robe around my apartment. Word. It It'd looks like the stylish. angel Israfil is fab. Stylish, very handsome. Oh my God. Love and companions. Love and angels. Yes. Okay. So uh, where Alec we? Henning tried to find the angel's name for you. Couldn't do it. Thank you so much, Alec. Thank you. Thank you. You're awesome. We will try. We'll we'll put uh, whatever we can in the description of the show. If we can get the link in there for the for the contest, we'll do that as well. So we we go back to 
Tadfield, we see Anathema in the street. She is trying to find her ley lines. She's looking around. She's seeing all the people who live there. She can see their auras. Someone comes up to her. His name is R.P. Tyler. He's the head of the neighborhood (laughs) watch. And he tells her that if she's come here to smoke her spliffers and bimble off in woo-woo land, (laughs) then she is not welcome. Not welcome. Because you can't bimble off in woo-woo land. That, uh... I only brought that up because I wanted to say that phrase. I didn't know what it meant. I couldn't figure out if he meant <laughs> that he thought she was a prostitute or smoking marijuana. I think he thought she was she was one of those, you know, she comes from the city to smoke marijuana in a cottage. And I don't know if that's... that's a, maybe that's a thing in a small cottage in, in, in England. Um, he did not like strangers. He did not like strangers. But, you know, she convinced him that she, you know, was just renting the place So Adam, but she's been this really great influence on Adam. Maybe great, I don't know. But she gave him some magazines so that he could read about the things they talked about. And he is obsessed. Because we see Adam trying to explain to his parents what he's learning from these magazines. And he's like, you know, there's ley lines. And his dad's like, ley lines are bollocks. That's not a real thing. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, but there's also there's also Tibetan monks who dig around under the ground and they build tunnels. And his parents are like, dude, <laughs> don't you have something to do? And he realizes that these are not the people to support this, his whole yeah. interest in the occult. Yeah. But as he's falling asleep, he's reading his magazines And he falls asleep after having just read about nuclear proliferation and and, and Atlantis and Tibetan monks. He falls asleep, and as he's falling asleep, he hears these voices whispering in his head, You can change it. You can fix it all. I think those were devil voices. They were devil voices. Trying to cause some trouble. But y'all don't know Adam like how we know Adam. Adam is not evil, but he is a child, and, and when a child tries to fit something in, not quite 100%. They use a child's solution, and in Adam's mind, the best solution to nuclear proliferation is to just get rid of nuclear material altogether. Mm. And so somehow in his sleep, he makes the nuclear reactors all around the world disappear. So on one hand, that's bad. Right. But on the other hand, awesome. no more nuclear threat. Right. And, of course, we do have alternative ways of getting energy. Wind, water. And, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. And especially since even though there's no longer any nuclear material in the reactors, those power plants are still producing power. I think it's a win-win. I mean, sure, the, the world's going to end in a day or so. But it's a whole day without nuclear you know, yes. waste. I, Thanks, I'm, I'm okay with Adam. Me too. Okay, you, know, you, you got it going good. I'm I'm okay with it too. So we end the show. <laughs> we end the show, kind of like, wait, what? What's just happened? What's going to happen next? Cherry, what do you think is what's 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 what? First of all, tell me, what do you wish that they had done a little different in this episode? Was there something you wanted that you didn't get? I felt this was a very well done episode. It really moved us on to the next um, episode that's coming up. And more importantly, it really highlighted why they're so close together mm-hmm. and their relationship. Because it could have been them being adversarial 
or frenemies. Word. Yeah. But instead, you see how Crowley has saved um, Azrael twice, Aziraphale twice. Both times, you know, kind of not super convenient for him. Yeah. And both times he got in trouble because he's just innocent. And he doesn't seem to understand yeah. how humans are. We're terrible. He's um, so trusting. Too trusting. He's an angel. Too nice. Yeah, so yeah. nice. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a really great, well done episode. And you can really tell that the person who wrote the book is writing the show. So Because clearly. it enriches it yeah. so much. And it's true to the overall book. But he adds some modern twists because, you know, the book was written quite some time ago. Yeah. I have to say, usually when I watch an adaptation, I um, I either want them to go completely different from the book or stick to it to the letter. And I love how close to the book. Like, I legit read the book, like, the day book. Like, I had read the book many years ago, but reread it again before we started doing this, this show. And it's so perfectly envisioned like so perfectly translated from the book to the show i i have no critiques i can't say a bad there's like nothing i can say everything about the show is perfect to me especially given that the book is so the book is so it's there's a reason that it has a huge following it has had a huge following since it's been out um it's such a great book and it and it and I love that they that they're so true to it so i I can't say I wish anything happened differently. I will say that I am very much looking forward to watching uh like what what's gonna happen in terms of Adam discovering. You know, his abilities? Mm-hmm. Does, is he going to realize? When is Anathema going to realize Like well, who she's dealing with? And I'm really looking forward to Anathema and Newt meeting. Yes. I don't know if that's a spoiler. They will meet. But <laughs> no spoilers! I'm, but I'm looking forward to that because I think that's going to be fun. Everything is fun about this show. And as they were saying in the chat, um, Alec Henning read the book because I was interested in the show. And Gigi Connelly says it's definitely made with love and respect. Mm-hmm. And not only love and respect for the show, but love and respect for the fans. For the fans, who yeah. Who read the books and then the new fans because he's added a lot more details that you may not have seen in the book. But he didn't want people to get bored and say, oh, this is exactly like the book I'm kind of bored. He's changed it enough so everyone yeah. is getting something. And even the Easter egg with the Doctor Who tie, like they're doing so much fan service to make sure that, like, even if you're not. Basically, the show, it's on our, on AfterBuzz's sci-fi <laughs> network for a sci-fi fantasy network because it's obviously, like, a fantastic thing. But they didn't have to cater to the the neuroses of us sci-fi fantasy fans. They didn't have to. Like, but they know that we really care about the details and that we care about continuity and we care about, you know, references to other geeky things. I, I'm very pleased and so happy and loving this show. So guys, we will be back here on Wednesday evening to talk about episode four. If you want to make sure to catch us, go ahead and, and make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel so that you can get alerts when we're about to go live. We cannot wait to talk to you about the next episode. Cherry, where can people find you? You can find me, Cherry underscore LA, on Twitter and Instagram. And you should find her because she got all the news about the Amazon contest with Neil Gaiman, okay? So, find her. And you can find me at Nikki Bailey underscore on Instagram and Facebook and all the other social medias. 
And you can find me at NikkiBaileyComedy.com. We have had such a great time with you guys. We cannot wait to talk to you about the next episode. Happy watching, guys. See you soon. Bless you later. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.